All right, so we're back. Episode 29, one away from 30. Yep. I uh, got our week 12 NFL review. Actually, real quick, though, I did want to um, start with some NBA news, if you want to talk about that real quick. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I do. Um, yeah, so go LeBron ahead. got his uh, got a two-year extension. No uh, So that'll keep him in L.A. until 2023. I will say one thing. Um, I know it's not really surprise anyone everyone kind of expect him to go back this two-year deal thing when you're a superstar of his caliber is genius because you just oh, yeah. hold the team in your palm of your hand whatever you want them to do they will do it because you could leave at any moment but go yep. ahead no yeah that and then uh um if, if you saw our post um pointed out that Bronny, his son uh will be graduating high school that year so he'll be draft eligible if he goes in when he's 18 um so Bron could likely go wherever he gets drafted or go to a team and kind of negotiate that he gets drafted he's got that kind of power um so that'll be interesting to play out and then um i don't know if you just saw but they had uh it was john wall and a first round pick were traded for uh russell westbrook so i did see that i think that's actually a huge win for the wizards um you're talking about two guys on horrible contracts or not horrible Mm -hmm. contracts but massive contracts a lot of money left over i'd rather have the guy that has been playing last two years as opposed to the guy who calls of John Wall. The whole thing is ridiculous because I can't believe a player who's missed two years it actually demanded a trade. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you haven't played basketball in two years and you're over here demanding trades? Like, what, what are you bringing to the table, Seth? The, yeah, the, I, that, was, that was a curious one. The biggest thing he's famous for is the uh, that John Wall song when he was still in college. Well, yeah, because he hasn't played basketball in two years. <laughs> and you're talking about a guy that lives off his athleticism and, you know, now he's coming yeah. off two brutal injuries. I I, I didn't understand his thinking there. I don't. I don't understand why the Rockets. I mean, I guess they really just want to get Westbrook out of the way, but I don't know. I don't know why you'd want to bring in John. Wall. I wonder what that means for Harden, though. Does he, is he still staying there? Or is he going to get moved? You have to, because John Wall is not a move to tank. And if you're getting rid of Harden, you might as well rebuild and start it all over. And mm-hmm. it's going to be really hard to do when you have whatever ridiculous money you owe to John Wall for the next three years. I have to assume they're keeping Harden, and they're like, you know what? Maybe John Wall makes you happy. Um, trading away his best friend to bring in a guy who hasn't played basketball in two years, I, I don't know. I don't think that fits into what James Harden wants. I think he just wants to compete and think that he has a holistic chance of uh, you know, going for a title. Yeah, um, You'd have a tough time convincing me that John Wall makes them better than having Westbrook on the team. But you know, Kind of wild know. that the Rockets went from like that team that was like just a – a player away from being the Warriors, you know, every few seasons to now they're like really struggling to put together a good team. <laughs> it's, it's weird. They're in a weird spot because they went all in on a uh, very specific system with D'Antoni. Um, mm-hmm. And bringing guys that he wanted for a system. And then the coach left. And now you still have this, like yeah. the team that's built for the system. It's going to take, a, you know, a couple of years to get back to, um, a, a roster that a different coach might find, you know, uh, suitable because they don't have any centers. That's a big problem in the NBA. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'll be interesting. The season starts in a couple of weeks, I think the week of Christmas. So yeah. monitor that. There'll definitely be at least one or two more big time players moves, I think. So, yeah, I won't be surprised. See how that goes. But, um, so today, the, the, the day of the recording of this is Wednesday. So, um, like, I can't believe it's not real butter. I can't believe I just watched Wednesday afternoon NFL primetime football. 
at 3:40 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> I uh, it was weird. Um, that they rescheduled that game. You know, it's odd that they rescheduled that game like three or four times, but then let the Broncos play on Sunday with no quarterback. You know, I yeah, I like the one thing I also don't get like they pushed this game back so much, nearly a week from when it was originally played. And you ended up with pretty much a practice squad version of the Baltimore Ravens out there. Yep. Like I, I, you know, I, I get it. You know, I, they don't really have an extra week to flex and to push them back. Um, so they're kind of in a tight spot there, but you push this game back so much. I would, I would assume that you would want as competitive as a game as possible. You know, you already pushed it back three times. You know, I don't know if it made sense to play that game then, I would have, you know, maybe – I don't know if they could have. I don't know how they would have done. But it, I think it would have made more sense overall just to have found a different week to make this game happen. Um, but you know what? They played it. It's just you waited a week to see a practice squad version of the Ravens. And, yeah. I, I think it's just so funny that it's like it's the most – because 2020 has been such a weird year that, like, this game, like, perfectly encapsulated. Like, it was a Wednesday afternoon – football game where we had rg3 throwing passes on the ravens to des bryant yeah like, that, that's what? what i mean like you push this game three times for that yeah but I, you know i it's just it's it was a weird situation it's 2020 i get it um and i was watching right? it here and there so i don't know if i missed i i'm pretty sure rg3 got hurt at one point which is why trace mcsorley came in um and if you don't know who that is he played at penn state uh, and if you don't know who he is again, he's not very good, but he gave them a chance, you know, it was closer than it should have been. I mean, they, it was a bad, uh, they, the Steelers were kind of playing like prevent and they, they hit on a Hollywood Brown, like deep ball. And then there was a missed tackle and Minka really misplayed, um, Hollywood Brown when he was running down the field. So he just walked right in for like a 60 yard touchdown, but oh, not bad. It, yeah, it was really more of a two score game, but, um, so that was that. Uh, and then, like I said, we had um, the Broncos played with a – It was a, they played with a college quarterback who then converted to an NFL wide receiver to get on a team who was on a practice squad who then reconverted back to quarterback to play for the Broncos this past Sunday. And he threw nine passes, had one completion for 13 yards and two interceptions. I've never seen more interceptions than completions, but, hey – Fun fact, I actually learned that uh, while I was watching, they were talking about uh, the, the last time it happened was 98 with uh, – can you name him? He was a huge draft bust, San Diego Chargers. Uh, Ryan Leaf? Correct. Look at you. Oh, look at that. Look at that. I'm proud of you. But, yeah, that was the – I mean, what did you expect? I still think they had more yards of offense in the first quarter than the Eagles did. So, oh, they um, did. It's, it was uh, pretty that. So, we can get right into that, Our, uh, the lovely Eagles. Um, it's weird. You know, once again – we watched a game where the Eagles played like dog shit and yet somehow some way they still could have won the game. Like I just it boggles the mind boggles the mind. Although credit to the defense the defense played probably their best game all year. Like Russ was under duress the whole time. He, he didn't play his best game, but he hit, you know, when he needed to. Yeah. Um, I was, uh, I was very impressed with the defense. Really. I still love Slay. I think he battled, but, you know, when all they do is throw to Metcalf on, oh, Metcalf was, on Lance, like, what do you know? 
that's tough. There was a couple balls there that he played incredible defense and he still caught it. Like, what do you do? The guy's I mean, amazing. Yeah, that, the one he caught on the sideline where, like, Slay literally, you, could, you couldn't have played it any better than Slay did. And, he's, and yeah. Metcalf caught it, like, on his shoulder. Like, what, like what, what is this? Like, yeah, like, the first – well, the first big play catch he had, it was like they talked about Slay playing the hands. You know, he didn't really took, look for the ball that much and he still caught it. And then the next – it's like, same exact play. He decides, you know, try to turn back, get the ball, and still didn't work. Like, the guy was always on him. He was white on rice on him, but it's just Metcalf was better. He just went up and got the ball. My, my three takeaways from that game were, um, you know, the defense was, defense was good. Uh, Wentz still is doing – trying to – I don't know what he – he's just – something is wrong with him. He just doesn't know what he's – I think the team on offense doesn't know what they want to do. Like one week yeah. they're like, oh, we're gonna roll him out and get him on, get him on the run, and then he did it like twice on Monday night, and then Miles Sanders touched the ball what six times. It's like he's your best offensive weapon. Why are you not giving him the ball against one of the worst defenses in the NFL right now? Like, yeah, it's it's I, painful. I mean, it's just they don't look like. Well, look at the mistakes they're making. There was the. Um, well, obviously the interception where, I don't know if Wentz thought he was going the wrong way or Goddard went the wrong way. Something that, was wrong. Yeah, there. That was, was bad. I was confused. That play, um, what was it? Oh, when Adam sacked uh, Wentz. When all your line is running to block for a screen and Boston Scott is nowhere to be found. Like, he's just out there trying to pass protect. Like, what is going on? Why is your offense line out there uh, blocking for a screen pass and your running back is, isn't going out for a pass? Like, what, what again is wrong there? Like, you're seeing just miscommunications and not understanding what the play is, like, constantly throughout the game. And it drives you nuts. And, and uh, yeah, it, it, but it's like the team is just bad across the board. Like, sure, Wentz plays really poorly, but it's like the coaching is poor. The receivers yeah. aren't getting separation. The line isn't blocking. That was one of the worst games I've ever seen from this line. Like, I get it. There's injuries. Oh, yeah. There's players on the line who shouldn't even be in the lineup. That's how bad our injuries are. But, like, that was pitiful like Wentz had like he he would get the hike like he would they would snap it and like they would already be on him like the he had no time to throw yeah one I wanted to say because I I I was biting my tongue on this because I've just been stewing on it all week (laughs) just like with Doug like I'm not asking for too much like I just don't understand the ridiculous decisions he makes First yeah. ridiculous decision, and all three of these, I think, cost you any realistic chance of competing in that game or winning the game. One, the challenge. I don't understand what you were looking at. That was so obvious. Like, I watched that replay. I didn't even have a shadow of a doubt that this might be overturned. And he went ahead and wasted our second timeout of the second half on a challenge that everyone knew wasn't going to win. Like, what replay are you watching that I'm not? Like, I just – these decisions just don't – like, they seem like – I'm, like, overthinking. I mean, like, this is so obviously not – you know, not like not not an incompletion or a fumble or whatever the hell Doug thinks it is. What are you challenging? Yeah. The other two going forward on fourth down both times was idiotic. Did not like it at midfield. I thought that was a complete stretch. And then to ch- choose to turn down the field goal to go for it when you're in the red zone there to go for the touchdown when you're down a touchdown in the field goal was just dumb. Like that makes no sense. Your defense yeah. is playing so well. You don't need to go for it on fourth down on either of those moments. And they both killed you. They were both brutal. I don't think the offense, you know, the offense hasn't set the bar high. The Giants and Browns the last two weeks were some of the worst offensive football I've seen in years. 
But I actually thought there were glimpses of hope, and they looked better than they had the last couple weeks. I thought the hurry-up, even though it was the most slow, painful, unorganized hurry-up offense I've seen, <laughs> they actually worked – you know, it was working. Like I said, the bar wasn't set high after the last couple weeks, but I thought they showed glimpses of positive plays uh, um, against Seattle. Does it help that they're playing against arguably one of the worst defenses in NFL history? Well, yeah, probably. But, you know, pick and choose your battles. And to go for it on those two fourth downs is just showing, like, I don't know, like you're killing the momentum your offense is building, and you're, you're showing no faith in your defense, who has proven to, sh- to show that they deserve a chance to win you the game and stop Seattle. And I didn't understand either the all This is completely obvious not to do any of them. And he went and did both of them, all three. And none of them made sense to me. Yeah, I – look, a coach has to deal with, like, the roster he's presented and the injuries that occur. But, like, he, this is his worst year I've ever – like, he just – it's just the play calling is so predictable and it's just so boring. Like, this yeah. team used to be so explosive, so exciting. It's like, oh, Jalen Hurts is in. Oh, I guess it's going to be an option. Oh, Jalen Hurts is going to keep the ball. Oh, Wentz is in shotgun formation. Oh, he's going to throw a, you know, out route to Sanders or whatever, or a dump pass to a tight end. Like, yeah, Jalen Hurts is, again, what are we waiting for? Again, this looks like a horrible pick because they still don't know how to use him. They don't yeah. know what they're doing with him. And, oh, yeah, all these first-team reps he got in practice. Oh, it showed when he went out there and they fall start the entire offense line. Sounds like they've been practicing a lot and they couldn't even pick up on his cadence. Yeah, no. uh, that was bad. I, it's just like the Jalen Hurts thing is just a no-win situation because, one, the team sucks. I don't think he's going to succeed when he goes out there. I don't think you will see any more, uh, anything better than what you're seeing from Wentz now out of Hurts. And, hey. two, unfortunately, you have to see what you have in Hurts because you wasted a second-round pick on him, and you're going to have a very high draft pick this year. And Wentz looks awful. He looks worse than he's ever looked. So you need to decide if you need a new quarterback. And you're just in this tough spot where I, I would like to see Wentz still out there. I haven't given up faith on him. I think it's a lot to do with horrible coaching and a horrible team around him. But, oh, like, you got to see what you have in him because you put a second-round pick in Hurts, and you have no idea what you're doing. It drives me insane that I'm watching other teams. I watched Cole Beasley throw a beautiful pass for the Bills, and I believe it was for a touchdown this past week. I've seen Julian Edelman do it for years. They Jarvis. run exciting – yeah, Jarvis Landry does. They run exciting, um, creative, and, you know, complex plays and take advantage of, like, two, you know, two players on the field that can throw the ball. We wasted a second-round pick on a quarterback to throw the ball and do these special plays, and we still don't do them. We're not nearly special. Cole Beasley runs more exciting plays. Julian Edelman's been doing it for years, but we can't do it on a quarterback that we draft in the second round. Blows my mind. Yeah, and it's hard to tell, especially when rumors come out and, like, leaked information and stuff, but – because, you know, they're, no, they're never going to admit to anything. But th- there's been this stuff going around today that um, apparently the scout team that, you know, scouts the players, um, preps for, you know, trades, free agents, strategies, whatever, uh, they wanted, when the Eagles were on the clock, to take Justin Jefferson and Howie's wanted to take Rager. And then apparently in the second round, they wanted to take Jeremy Chin, the safety who's with the Panthers, and Howie wanted to take Hurts. So, and again, like, I think, I don't know if we talked about this earlier, but I'm worried that if, if someone's getting fired, I, I worry it's going to be Doug because I think Howie and 
Jeff Lurie are too attached. So but yeah, I hope I'm gone. I'd rather I like I'm at the point where I want Howie gone. He's great. He did some great negotiations and trades and signed some good players for us when we went on our runs. But his drafting has been abysmal, and I just they need a change. They need some someone has to go, and I don't think Doug Doug needs one more year. But something has to change. Listen, I agree with you. I, I wanted to get into the stuff that made me mad about Doug first <laughs> because I am actually on the same page with you. After this week, I have no reason to keep Howie. I've been saying, yeah. you know, maybe bringing a guy to be in that Joe Douglas role. This team sucks. There's no good players. And there's two, there are two eye-opening things um, I was, when I was watching that game um, that really put the pressure on Howie in my mind. One... Is just watch one of the worst performances I've ever seen by an offensive lineman. Just the constant, like, his inability to just block anyone. He, he was constantly staring, but like, turning around, watching mm-hmm. Wentz get killed by whoever attempting the block. He played awful that entire game. He's a horrible option in guard. Now, take me back to the summer when Burr hurt. What was the Eagles' main plan? Was to put Jason Peters at guard and to start the season that way. And after watching him at guard, that is a horrible, horrible, horrible idea they had. And, you know, Dillard eventually got hurt and you had to put Peter's left tackle and he looked awful there too. But, man, him at guard, that was some of the worst blocking football I've ever seen as an offensive It's such a shame he too because he's a, he's a first ball Hall of Famer, one of the best linemen that – he's probably the best Eagles lineman. And Eagles has some really good offensive linemen. But he's just not – he is not even starting caliber worthy anymore. It just blows like, my mind to think that that was that – was the preseason plan was to put yeah. him at guard. Like, are you kidding me? Did well, you even Brooks try to down, yeah. guard? Well, yeah, and yeah, I know it was an injury, but listen, it was early enough in the, in the offseason. I think it was July. I could be wrong, but I believe it was in July when he's when Brooks went down. I don't think you could you could have definitely come up with some better option than what I saw from Jason Peters playing but, his first game of his life at guard. But that like ties into like, and I don't want to spend too much time on the Eagles, but that ties into like how I feel about Wentz is like kind of like you were saying, like I'm not giving up on him. I think every every well, you can't. You have a choice. You can't. My, my biggest concerns are, I don't know. He needs to be coached up by someone who actually knows how to like can just be one on one with him because I know his reads are really bad right now. Like he's there's always one wide open receiver like every drive, and it's yeah. mind boggling how he misses them. Well, he's he, six different senior offense coordinators and passing assistants telling him different things. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like, if I was a player and, like, my coach was saying he needed to simplify things for me, like, I would take that personally. Like, what do you mean? That you, like, I can do this. Like, what are you talking about? But uh, he needs, like, he just needs help coaching. Like, these are all fixable mistakes for Wentz. But you, oh, can't, you can't just fix this roster. And this is what I mean. Like, Wentz, I mean <sighs> – Wentz's accuracy on the uh, against Seattle, especially down uh, deep balls, was awful. Yeah. Hey, luckily, you got a pass interference out of it on one of them, but he's so far under through guy. Or I believe I believe it was Goddard on the pass interference. Mm-hmm. He, he was like four yards under thrown. Luckily, Goddard could go back enough to make a PI out of it. Yeah. But it was just like every da- deep ball, like he's just completely inaccurate on it. And the inaccuracies worry me. But the athleticism, he was running around a lot more. He tucked it and kind of ran and. You know, he's just he plays on himself. Like the athleticism, the arm strength is still there. He's a, he's a tough um, guy. He's a competitor. I mean, there was one run where he took it up the middle and like took a hit from a linebacker and stood him up. Yeah. So. Listen, I liked the I liked the hurry up, the no huddle. Um, 
you know, it wasn't very fast and they looked very unorganized when they're doing it, but they, you know, they, yeah, they, they made some things happen. And I thought Wentz move, getting involved in the running game helped a lot and something, you know, was looking better than what I've been seeing. So it's something, you know, you can make build off of. I would have, I would have preferred if when Hertz was in that they would have given him the drive like this. Well, I can't imagine this is good for continuity. And like, that's what I was going to say with like, with Wentz also is like, Part of the coaching is also part of having players healthy for him. Like, if he had his starting lineup as projected, like Brooks, Lane was healthy. Uh, I don't remember the, the tackle's name because he hasn't even touched the field. Um, the guy we drafted in the first round last two years ago, I think. Oh, Dillard. Dillard, yeah. Like, if, if they were all playing, I think he would play better because he's, is, there's continuity helps a lot. So, well, yeah. you know, being able to block also helps a lot. Yeah. We aren't able to do that. So I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I, that's my, my piece on, on my last record. thing I want to get on. And this comes back on Howie is, and if I'm not right now to fix this team, there's a whole bunch of problems, but one you mentioned, we during the game. You're like, we need to get younger and get new players. And I agree with you. And the problem, and this is why Howie has to go, because I have zero faith that he is the guy that's going to help us. I agree. This whole team needs to be gutted, and they need new players in immediately. But I have zero faith in Howie Roseman to pick good players, so I don't want to waste my time by letting them fail a couple times, a couple drafts, when we need to get younger immediately. But the other thing is, I almost feel like they're making Doug play some of these horrendous signings and decisions Howie's made. My point, I saw a tweet from Parks. Travis Fulton played 52% of the snaps. Alshon Jeffrey played 49% of the snaps. Are you kidding me? Alshon Jeffrey is not going to be on this team next year. He looks so bad, and he's a horrible sign, a full re-sign that Howie should have never made. You know, just get him off the field. I would be perfectly fine if they just inactivated him and lose the season. I told Jason you that Peter, uh, you go back. They, uh, yeah. Howie was like, don't, don't let Fulton play. We need to re-sign him next year. Well, listen, I, if Jeffrey can catch a couple balls a game, I'll look less than like an idiot, so I might save my, my job for making that signing. Look at the Jace Peters thing. First, we begged for Malata to play, and they continue to roll out Peters. I mean, then the lane thing happened, and they had to put him in guard. I guarantee Jason Peters stays out there at guard this week. Just so again, because Howie, again, you look like an idiot. For once, for one, like I said, your plan going into the season was Peters at guard, and then Diller got hurt, and then you got schooled by Jason Peters into giving him more money to play inept at left tackle. The guy sucks. Did you make sure he had anything left before you gave him more money? Like, these signings are terrible, and I think that they're making Doug's play them so Howie doesn't look like a complete idiot. But we all know that they're horrendous signings. Yeah, PFF had... Uh... The other thing that's going to kill you with Howie is... Go ahead. Your dramatic pause. I thought PFF had what? Well, you, was on you the edge were... of my seat waiting for you. You would just keep going. All right, well, PFF... Uh... <laughs> BFF rated Jordan Mylotta. You got to learn. Listen, when I cut you off, I just need to learn that when you cut me off, just keep going. You know, the, you, I, I like you. You're getting aggressive. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm not as rude, so I usually uh, – Fair enough. Let it go. But, yeah, PFF, Pro Football Focus, had Jordan Mylotta as an 83.2 grade on uh, Monday night. His best ever as a pro and was second best for week 12. So, he's been – you know, he, I think he had one or two rough games, but he's played pretty – he's played at a starter cal- caliber level, I think, when, yeah, when asked to I, do so. I agree. I think he's been playing well. But here's the other thing. Your team's 3-8-1. and one. Why are yeah. you playing anyone that isn't three, young – 3-7-1. Or 3-7, I apologize. Why are you playing anyone that isn't a young player that 
that could actually be something you can build around in the future. Your team sucks now. You have nothing really to play for. Your team's awful. So just get the veterans out of the way. Let the young guys play. <laughs> Here's the real other thing is next year, according to over the cap, we are $65 million over the cap. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me that being $65 million over the cap gets you a three, seven and one team. Like, is this, are you, is this kidding? Like, are we serious? Like this, team, yep. this team sucks and you're over the cap. You have no money and you signed all these guys and they're terrible. Just look at the free agents. Malik Jackson, horrible. Hargrave, he played a little bit better against Seattle, so I'll still hold out hope, but I haven't seen it. Roby Coleman actually, I think, had his best game this past oh, he week. He played really well. Uh, yeah, but he's he still – He shut down I mean, Lockett. Listen, he's got a – he needs at least six more of those games to make him <laughs> worth the money. He's been so brutal the first half of the season. Yeah. Look at the horrible signings from last year, the Scandricks, the Sack Brown. Deshaun Jackson is looking like Andrew Bynum at this point. He's going to collect a ton of money to not play at all. You want to get into the drafts? Go pick your choice of drafts. Jalen Hurts is going to rival J.J. Otley White says the worst second-round pick in <laughs> NFL history, I think. It's just – there's just a laundry list of horrible decisions that Howie's made. And I think these injuries are, sh- are really showing how weak your roster is. But you know what? We won a Super Bowl with a lot of injuries because that team was built deep and they had depth and they had some good players. They, this team is terrible. And the injuries are showing you more. But even if the team was healthy, I'm, what are we? You know, maybe four, three or four, you know, three wins, maybe more. I, like they're not – there's just so many problems with this team. I, you need to start over. You need to get rid of a lot of guys and bring in young guys. And I don't think Howie has shown you at all that in the last couple of years that he's able to doing that. Fire every offense assistant, fire every passing coordinator, fire them all, get rid of Howie, and start over. You know, I'll, I'll give yeah. Doug a second chance because I think this is more of a terrible roster. And like you said, Lori and Howie have a close relationship. And I think that Doug is being forced to play some of these horrific Howie decisions and it's really hurting his ability to win. Don't get me wrong, Doug is coached awful. And like I brought up those three horrific decisions during that Seattle game that really killed you. Um, but, you know, Doug's got to – yeah, fire Howie, that, that lights the fire under Doug. I think that lets him know that you are next if you don't pull this away. But I'd give Doug one more year. Howie, I, I can't justify bringing him back one more year. Name me a good decision that he's made in the last two seasons. Mm, I don't really have any. But, like, also, why was Will Parks released this the other day? Why, like, why was Will Parks, who was playing pretty fairly well at safety, released, but Marcus Epps is still on his team? I, that's what I don't know. Because Howie Rosen's making decisions. I, that's all I can tell you. I don't know. All right. Studs and duds. Yeah, I, I just pissed me off. This team's just a disaster. Are there any Eagles on the duds list? No. I, like I said, this was a strong duds week. <laughs> it, this was easily the toughest one. But Let's start with I the mean, duds then. I could have gone many ways on the Eagles. I, Jason Peters, as long as he started, I can put him as a permanent fixture on the dud list. It doesn't really matter what position. He'll just be the honorable mention every week. Yeah. Trust me, he earns it. And that, the, the, the guard position was just – it's just disgust me to think that that was the offseason plan after Brooks got hurt. No. Like, did you even think if he was a good guard? Did you even see him? Did you try <laughs> practicing there? Like, he looked terrible. I think Opeka would be better. And he's been brutal. I might be – you and I might be able to do a little more, you know? Just stand there take a hit. That's all you got to do. Jason Peters gets away with it. He couldn't even block Jamal Adams. Yeah, yeah. It's just – it's it's tough, but, you know, we'll leave him be. Okay. Moving um, on. Yeah, moving on. Um, all right. So, where do the duds? 
We'll start with the duds because it was a strong week uh, for duds this week. So my third dud of the game, mm-hmm. or of the week, and uh, now that I know that you try to follow along and take your guess, I'm going to be a little more difficult with you this time around. Okay. okay. So third dud, first round running back. Um, not this past draft, but he's first year, first round running back. Okay. He was born four days after me. Birthday wise, so you know that you know give you give it away a little bit. So he's a July baby. He is a July baby. Wow, look at you know my birthday. Look at that. Look at that. That's very nice. He's a three-time Pro Bowl selection. I unless something dramatic happens, I don't see him making the Pro Bowl this year. Okay. He is a player that you know what he's maybe Dak's agents should talk to his agent because he held out and he put the pressure on Jerry and he got his contract where Dak's still waiting. So, uh, third dud is going to go Mr. Ezekiel Elliott, who not only laid an egg on national TV, but laid an egg on Thanksgiving. You had me at former first-round pick running back, and I was like, well, it's got to be Zeke. Oh, okay. Look at you. Yeah, 10 carries, 32 yards. He had a fumble. Uh, pretty And bad. we talk about Miles Sanders' fumbles, and Zeke's been worse. Like, Yeah, well, to Zeke's credit, he gets the ball a lot more than Sanders. Sanders doesn't touch the ball nearly yeah. enough to be fumbling as much as he does. Um, but here's the real here's the real kicker why because you know what it was it was actually very close between another first round uh, running back and that was Josh Jacobs on the dud list who also had a terrible game. Yeah, but did not help my fantasy team. At least the Falcons are you know they're a top six run defense for according <clears throat> to rush yards per you know on this season they've given up only 1,100. The Houston Texans are second last. They've given up 1,700 yards rushing. Wow. Actually, the only team they're better than is the Dallas Cowboys. And Zeke just couldn't do anything. I know that offense line's pretty brutal, but man, if you watch that game on Thanksgiving, he's just he was just inept. Like the whole Cowboys offense was really just inept. They looked really bad against a team that isn't very good. Uh, he couldn't do anything. Your superstar should be able to do more than that. Uh, Three point two yards of carry and a fumble that really hurt you. Uh, really, really poor showing. Um, especially because I thought they moved the ball decent passing. Just they couldn't run the ball at all. And uh, for the amount of money he's getting, you need to see better performances out of him. So, the third stud is going to be Zeke this week. And not to get too far off topic, but Washington is slowly building up to be, like, story of the year. Like, watch, that, watch Alex Smith come back in his comeback year, lead the Redskins – or lead Washington to the NFC East title because oh, Giants just lost uh, their quarterback for a couple weeks, maybe a game or two, and Dallas is just – a clusterfuck and the Eagles yeah. don't know what they want to do. So it's literally up for grabs. And like, I think their defense is actually pretty decent. Um, and they have some night, like McLaurin's really nice. They got some decent pieces of running back. So we'll see what they do. I, yeah, they're my pick to win the, um, the NFC East. Yeah. So, all right. On to the next one. Second dud. Um, so our second dud is a former first overall pick quarterback. Former Super Bowl quarterback, Jerry Super Goff. Bowl appearance. Well, I haven't given you by the kicker, the giveaway hint. <laughs> His middle name is Thomas. Jared Thomas. Let's see, look at you. Um, yeah, we talked about this. This actually, when we had the little, uh, we were talking before we started this. This kind of changed my list around because I didn't realize how bad he actually played. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, brutal game. Um, so yeah, the second dud of the week is going to be Jared Goff. Who went 19 for 31, not pretty, two interceptions, 198 yards, and zero touchdowns. 
Really, really rough game. Um, I know to talk about the game a little bit. I think I, I watched now. I gave more credit to the Niners. I actually thought the Niners played a very great game. The Niners might be the best coach team on both sides. I was going to say the they're ball. well coached. Yeah. Like between Shanahan, who I've always thought is a very good coach, and Salah for what he's doing with all those injuries, um, that defense played really well. They, they were harassing golf. They made it very difficult on him. The Niners, I don't think, are out of it. They got, they're, they're getting some guys back. Mostar and Sherman came back this week. And yeah. Sherman had a pick. Um, Mostar had a touchdown. He also fumbled the ball. But they, you know, their players are coming back. They're making, you know, they need a couple more guys in there. The division's tough, but I could see them sneaking in the wild card if they can keep rolling a a little bit here. But their defense was swarming. Uh, They really gave golf problems. I think the Rams should be worried because, you know, golf has been hearing it for his entire career that he's a system quarterback. You know, I, you know, I, I've mentioned that their system relies on a running back. I remember when yep. Fournette got released and I said, they really need a, a, a guy that can go, you know, build off that play action. And the run game has been very disappointing for the Rams. I don't think Cam Akers or has taken the leap that everyone expected and it's really hurt golf. And they got plenty of talent on that wide receiver um, core and they paid a lot of money to their wide receivers and golf is really struggling to get them the ball. He's really struggling to make plays. He's really struggling to make things work without that dynamic running game that we saw when Todd Gurley was still in his prime. And that was yep. when the offense was really hitting. Jared Goff has not proven to be a quarterback that can handle the offense. Like, is he in that Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins range who leans on a strong running game and needs a strong running game to really succeed because he's not going to be able to make all the plays himself? If so, then the Rams are in trouble because they – I think they have a defense that is ready to compete for Super Bowl. Um, but it all comes down to golf, and that's not a good game from him, and that should be something that worries the Rams. And they were on a hot streak. We had them in our <laughs> rankings pretty high. Yeah. And um, if he cannot put it together and is continuing to struggle, they're going to be in trouble. Um, and like, I think that's a glaring problem for them. Every time we praise them on this podcast, they disappoint us. So, yeah. Now we'll talk. It's actually funny. Win the next game. Funny, my next dud, first dud, and talk about someone we praised and then they just went out. Yeah, man, we go out. I, I've been shitting on this guy for years. Like, I've been so hard on him forever. Yeah. Constantly said that that after that Khalil Mack and Cooper trade, that Gruden should have used those picks to get a new quarterback. And finally, finally, last week, I give him a break and talk about how great he's been doing. Mm-hmm. And my God, does he go out and suck against the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> Like, this is not a strong defense. They just killed you. You put up, what was it, six points? I think it was six or three they ended up getting. Uh, yeah, I think it was six. Yeah, I believe it was six. It's like 40, yeah, 43 to six. Like, you yeah. got schwacked by the Falcons, a laughing stock, the Falcons. Who Falcons kicker kicked five field goals. <laughs> yeah, that's. They're like, what blew me away is. Watching Derek Carr, like he just looks so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he had two fumbles. Like, this is the Falcons. This isn't some dynamic pass rush we're talking about. Yeah. He had two fumbles himself. He threw, and this was this was the this was the turning point of the game. It was thir- early third quarter. Dar- the Falcons are still are winning sixteen to three, and Derek Carr goes out there and throws a pick six. And now you're down twenty three to three, and that that the game pretty much blew open after that. Yeah, man, he was so bad. Um, let me, I don't, I actually, I won't put it away. Let me pull up the stats so I can really, you know, talk about how bad he was. So he's 22 of 34 at 251, 215 yards, 215 repping. 215. 
He had the pick six, as I mentioned, two fumbles. Uh, just a brutal performance. Nate Peterson came in for a cup of coffee, threw a couple of balls. That's how bad he was doing. <laughs> he just looked like he was terrified all game. Like, I, I don't understand when the Falcons got this incredible pass rush that it just made Derek Carr soil himself every time he dropped back to throw the ball. But they were all over him. He didn't know what he was doing. Very, very poor performance. I already mentioned how Jacobs was an honorable mention. The Raiders just completely lost. I, I, I wanted to make the Raiders my dud of the week, just them in general. You could talk about the Falcons putting up 43 against your defense. You could talk about your offense only putting up six points against their defense. Really a terrible game for them. And I can't believe how much praise I gave Derek Carr after bashing him for years, and he goes out and just lays an egg like that. Yeah, the Raiders might be one of the most confusing teams I've watched in a while. Like, some games they look amazing. Like, they put the – both times they played the Chiefs this year, they literally took him down to the wire, and now they just got blown out by the Falcons. So Yeah, that was ugly. And, again, I mean, I'm more worried about uh, Jared Goff if I'm the Rams than the Raiders are with Carr, but Mm. this is not something you want to see. This is – because, listen – He's been good, and I gave him praise last week, but he still had that same moniker that he's, you know, game manager, not capable of taking over the game himself. I never really thought he was an elite-level quarterback. Um, But you know what? For two teams that are going to be fighting for playoff spots, two bad performances from their quarterbacks that they don't want to see. That is, if I'm either of those coaching staffs, I'm very worried. Yeah. Those are the duds. Like I said, it was a strong week. I mean – you could have put any eagle you wanted on there. You could have put Trubisky on there. Um, like, that, Brady, was, that game I, was brutal. Listen, I said any week that Brady gives me a reason to put him on the dud list, I will. I, I thought about it, but the, there was too strong of cases from other people to put him on again, so he, he was left alone. <laughs> on to the happier thoughts. All right. All right. So um, Studs, studs, studs. Third stud we're going to go with um, – Guy who uh, tore it up on a national national game. Okay. His middle name is Zacharias, which I actually found out today when I was okay. uh, looking around at some things. He is – you can argue Jalen Hurts is looking pretty strong as a reason to really hate Howie. But this will ultimately be, I think, the reason I hate Howie the most. Um, we're going to go with the guy who just went and torched one of the best corners in the league all game. And that's going to be big boy DK Metcalf. Yeah. 10 receptions, 177 yards. That's just abusive. He was having his way. And it just amazes me how, how incredible he, the, he was playing. Like, there were times Russell Wilson, I, the one play, I swear, he just chucked the ball with someone in front of his face about to lay him off. He's like, I'm just going to throw it. I think DK might be there. And he was. And he caught it. Incredible. Yeah. He, and, the worst part of that was – uh, after the game, there were immediately we heard about how uh, him and Jim Schwartz had a conversation before the game. Yeah, Jim, yeah Jim Schwartz had, was the head coach for the Lions, and Calvin Johnson was there. And he was like, you know, Calvin's a great, good friend of mine and one of the best players I ever coached. And, you know, you're a great player. And, um, you know, you're not quite at Megatron's level, but you're getting there. And apparently, you know, DK thought that was an insult. And it's like, I took that personally, and I thought about it the entire game. He just destroyed the Eagles because of that. Um, but, yeah, he – I'm just blown away by – I mean, I remember watching the combine, and, like, you, you look at it, you're like, this guy can't be real. Like, his size and speed don't make sense. And then you watch it on the field, and, like, Slay's a pretty quick corner, and Slay was getting burnt. Like – Yeah. I was, like, 
Jesus, like he's going to be trouble. And like him and Russ are just going to be a, a, a force. I think Ramsey was the only one to shut him down this year. But I think Metcalf leads the league in receiving yards, if I'm not mistaken. I believe you are right about that. Oh, you know what? I for, and that was something I forgot to mention on the Niners-Rams game. That field – I don't know if you watched the end. The field goal to win the game for the, um, the Niners, 47-yard mm-hmm. attempt. And Jalen Ramsey, of all people, jumps off sides. I'm like, <laughs> dude, what are you doing? Like, I, I don't know. I guess you're trying to block it. Maybe, you, you know, you try to catch, guess the single and block it. But 47-yarder is still, like, a pretty decently long field goal. Like, a decently long field goal where, you, you know, you would like him to miss it so you can win the game or, you know, tie it or whatever it was. Like, how could you give him an opportunity to make it easier? Like, this is, that's brutal. That was yeah. a tough, tough play at the end of the game by your superstar, um, which cannot be excused. Yeah, DK is one of two players over 1,000 yards this season. He's number one. Number two guy, I think, is somebody who's probably going to be on this stud list. Uh, number three is Ke- Travis Kelsey has almost 1,000 receiving yards too. DeAndre oh, Hopkins yeah. uh, is 967. And then Terry McLaurin. Like I said, he's probably one of the most underrated receivers in the league uh, with Washington. He's fifth yeah. in receiving yards. So, yeah, um, going along. With, I mean, he Metcalf had an old game, but the next two studs ahead of him, it wasn't even close. Like there, there was a very strong week for them too. Um, this was very tough between the two of them, um, but I did split it. Um, so the next guy we're going to go with another f- former. I apologize, he wasn't a first round running back. For, he is a running back. Former Bama boy. Bama. Saban. Nick Saban, guys, because they just breed running backs there. Roll Tide. Nickname of Lamar, which I didn't know. So he's got that going for him. Um, a menacing man. He was uh, born January 4th, so he's got a birthday coming up very soon. So happy early birthday to him. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. Um, but he just guy. absolutely dominated. 27 attempts, 178 yards, three touchdowns against arguably one of the best defenses in football. And I got to say, I was watching the game, and they showed a stat. And this was like halftime, I want to say it was. And they showed the the running backs with the highest amount of yards per game uh, by the Colts – or against the Colts this season. Mm -hmm. The two highest yardage games this season are both from Derrick Henry. It was the the game they played, I don't remember what week, earlier in the season. And then – the first half of this past game, the guy broke his own, like he had the most rushing on more than anyone else allowed by the Colts by halftime. Unreal. Derrick Henry's the second stud. He's been on the stud list a couple times. I think this year, he's just absolutely a monster. The Titans had a really impressive game. Um, they just schwacked a very good defense. AJ Brown was impressive. Derrick Henry was unstoppable. Tannehill did his usual thing that he has to do. Just don't break anything. Manage a game. Let your superstars go. Um, very impressive. I mean, we'll get to the power rankings. We can talk more about that team in general, but extremely impressive game by Derrick Henry. He's just a beast. It's, it's amazing how he plays and how he just continues to keep going. Yeah. When we did our running back rankings over the summer, uh, I think Henry was the consensus, uh, fourth best behind Saquon Zeke and McCaffrey. But honestly, I think that just seems kind of disrespectful the way he's been playing. I didn't think he was going to be able to do this again this year. And he's it's, it's amazing. Destroying. He's leading the league in rushing. It's like him and Cook, I think, are – let me double check. He's, he's the yeah. best – He has 1,200 rushing yards already. Like, he's the best running back in football. You could make an argument if you want for McCaffrey, Cook, or Camaro. 
but it's not because of running the ball. It's because they mm-hmm. do more in the passing game. When yeah, you're talking about special sure running back, yeah. It is Derrick Henry, and it's not close. Mm-hmm. I agree. He is just amazing. Like it's 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 incredible what they're doing. The fact that he resurrected Tannehill's career this well <laughs> this much is amazing itself. He's it's just different in a league that you see everyone going to pass, pass, pass. Having someone like Derrick Henry, you don't need a passing game. He just he's explosive. He does everything. He kind of reminds me of um, like a Sean Alexander in his prime, where you knew like that was the best player on the team, and that's the guy they're gonna go to like every time. Yeah, I think I don't think Matt Hasselbeck had anyone to throw to in Seattle, so it was just good defense and Sean Alexander. Yeah, so like, and and he got the rock a lot, and like Derrick Henry gets the ball a lot, and he still pounds his way through, carries yeah. players, you know. He's he he is amazing. I, I, I he's unstoppable. That his stat line is just unreal, unreal. The three touchdowns. The, I don't know if I remember how much yardage he actually had. It's like 178 like, or yeah, 178 yards. He beat Metcalf by a yard, like on the ground. Yeah, I know that's insane. And he did on 27 carries, like unreal, yeah. but yeah. incredible. Like I said, he's been on this list before, so I don't need to talk him up as much as uh, you know as I have. Um, on to the number one stud this week. <sighs> this guy. All right, so I'll, I'll make it a little tougher on you because it was easy on the other ones. I know who it is, but you can you can go ahead. He is an alumni of three different colleges: Garden City Community College, oh, Oklahoma State College, University, oh, and the University of West Alabama. I say alumni, oh. but I'm almost positive he didn't graduate from any of those schools. Fifth round pick, um, just an absolute blur on the field. He had 203 or 205, I think it was 203 yards, in the first quarter. Are you kidding me? The first 15 minutes of the game. Unreal. 203 yards in the first quarter. Like, that is is an unworldly performance in an entire game. I don't think I've ever seen it before. I've never seen that. Not from a skill player. I think I'd remember 200 yards in a quarter before. Uh, He's just unstoppable. He finished with 13 receptions, 269 yards, and three touchdowns. He's like, jeez, like, I don't know. I know he's really good, but at some point, you got to come up with a different strategy. At some point, you got to cover him. Yeah, like, do something. I don't don't know. Just press him and then triple covered. I don't know. Start penalizing him. Maybe they don't call you. Get lucky. Really tough. He just was unstoppable. Um, but yeah, 269, three touchdowns, 200 in the first quarter. I don't have to say him too much. He's just a speed demon. And Tyreek Hill yeah, is the he, lucky uh, stud number one. I just was blown away completely by his performance. Yeah, it's like, like I said, when I was reading off the, <clears throat> like what, what a blessing of an offense to have when Pat Mahomes leads the league in passing yards and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are the two and three top receivers in the league as far as yardage. Like they can't be stopped. That's why we have them as our number one every year, every week in our power rankings because they're that good. Like, yeah, they uh, they and they might even be better this year than they were last year. Yeah, like they're really running backs an upgrade. I mean, Clyde Edwards-Helaire and Le'Veon Bell was better than what they had last year. So, I just think realistically, there's not many offenses that can you can realistically say can score the ball and score a touchdown whenever they touch the ball. The Chiefs, I'm, I'd be surprised or shocked when they don't score. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see how else how it plays out, but um, 
right now it looks like Andy Reid's going to have a better coaching career as a chief than he would than he did as an Eagle. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. You can make an argument that he already is now, depending on how much you care about Super Bowls. No, I I think it's Super Bowls important, but <clears throat> I mean, he took the Eagles to four straight NFC Championship games, and they were NFC East winners. Numerous years. Well, I mean, ago, but I mean, you could just say the I don't think the Eagles were ever looked at as like like in the early two thousands. Like they were never looked at as like this is the best team in the league every year. Like the Chiefs are looked at as the best team in the league every year. So as long as Mahomes is there and healthy, yeah. So it really is amazing. Um, all right, yeah, that's what I got. All right, so we'll roll uh, right into our power rankings. So this week, uh, not too much movement, but. You know, we did have a couple teams fall off and move back because of some surprising losses. But mm-hmm. um, we'll start with number 10. Um, we have the Colts. You know, we were really high on them, especially their defense. And even Phil Rivers was playing pretty decently and then really got smacked by Derrick Henry and the Titans. Yeah. Uh, and then number nine, the Rams, another team, just lost to the Niners, who are not they're, – they're like uh, – Trying to find their way team where they had a lot of injuries to overcome, but they still should have won that game. Number eight, we have the Browns. Like, no one is talking about the Browns, but they're eight and three. And, you know, this is gonna, they have some important games coming up, but they're going to take a spot over the Ravens because the Ravens aren't, aren't playing that great and they've got some COVID issues and injury issues. And well, the Ravens. Be Steelers and Browns down the stretch here in the NFC. The Ravens and the Browns are very similar to each other. They play very good defense. They run the ball really well, and they're inept at throwing the ball. Yeah, Baker's had some really. Baker is terrible. Yeah. He is. He is awful. Um, number seven, we have Seattle. Uh, I mean, we talked about the Eagles a lot, but Seattle's their defense is. I mean, look, the, the, they're not good. Obviously, they almost. I think they were on pace to set the record for most passing yards allowed um but the uh they got some players back like they they some players are starting to return from injury for them so they'll start to to improve and that's a good time for them leaning right into the playoffs and and that division has really shifted a lot because i think like three three four weeks ago seattle was on the decline arizona was rising and they were in first place and then like the week after that it was like the rams were in first place and now seattle's back in first and i think that's how it's going to stay um so they'll, they'll sit there at seven. And then six, Green Bay. Um, I mean, I don't remember what the score was of that game against the Bears, but they – was they app, they, Yeah, they, they – do it those dominant one. games yeah. this year. Um, so they're still there. Rodgers is still really good this year. Still in the MVP consideration, I'd say. Bills at number five. They're at eight and three. Really having a good year. Um, Titans at number four. Like we said, as long as they have Derrick Henry, like, sky's the limit. Yeah. Uh, number three of the Saints, who I think people were very down on in the beginning of the year uh, after they – I think they – didn't they start 0-2? Or 1-2? Uh, I think they were 1-2. I don't but, know. Because they beat, they beat the Bucks pretty early. I think, but I Thomas – That was week one. Yeah, I think that was – well, maybe. I don't remember. But they weren't – nobody was really feeling them early in the season. I think because Breeze wasn't playing too well and Thomas was out. But, man, they look like the normal Saints now, and their defense is playing a lot stronger. You're over here saying that no one's feeling. We both picked them to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> no, no, no. But, I mean, like, at, like, week week three and four. like people Yeah. Yeah. But, 
Because um, I think we, we had them drop out of our top 10, I think, at one point. Um, but anyways, number two, Pittsburgh uh, just beat the Ravens on Wednesday. Yeah, they're they're the weak. I mean, they're a good team. Don't get me wrong. They're a good team. But they're like the weakest undefeated team I've ever seen. Yeah, I like, agree. Their schedule is very easy. Um, and then number one, Casey, like we said, they're – they, they they are very likely to repeat Super Bowl champs the way the season's going. So my favorite. So. Um, before we get into picks, any other thoughts around the league? I did have a couple on a couple games. Um, one, the Chargers Buffalo game that was a crazy finish to the game. To a hit lot. the, the one o'clock games had a lot of crazy finishes. Herbert, it's just like this was a rookie quarterback in front of your eyes. Hits the hail mary <laughs> to get them on the goal line. And then I, I don't I don't know what you were thinking there. I guess he audible to a he audible to a quarterback draw that was so sneaky that his offensive lineman didn't even know he was doing it. As they're all standing up in pass protection, he's running right into a wall. But you know, <laughs> you live and you learn. Um, going on that, I also wanted to talk about another rookie mistake. And actually, this is this is why I think um, the Niners might have a sneaky chance because I don't think Arizona's there yet. I uh, I watched they're showing yeah they're showing some weaknesses now. Well, even it's like you know they they missed the field goal on their uh, first drive and then the Pats go and hit a field goal after that. There was talk about a rookie mistake. Isaiah Simmons went and uh, drilled some dude in the head on um or it was on Cam it drilled Cam on it in the head and gave him a brutal rough in the uh, passer penalty or unnecessary roughness. I don't remember what they actually called. Like that was a huge rookie mistake that he can't make, but. That just seems like the Cardinals to me, like missing field goals, unnecessary roughness penalties in tough situations. Like that was a close game throughout, and those, the penalty and the missed field goal hurt you both a lot. Like they're just not there yet. Like this team was the worst team in football two years ago. Um, I don't know if this is the year. I know like you said that people were high on them for a couple weeks there, but I don't know if they're there. They can put it together. I think they're you know on their way, and they have a bright future, but I'm a little hesitant after watching them this week. Um, yeah, I think Kyler's starting to kind of creep into that like Lamar Jackson mold where if you take away his ability to run, it, he's not as much of a threat as a quarterback. Yeah, he's um, not so. there. I mean, he's still work on it, so you see what happens. I still really like Kyler, but yeah. Um outside that, um yeah, competitive game with the Vikings and the Panthers. The Vikings are another team that could be finding their way and creep into that uh wild card hunt. That Viking, I, I got to watch the end of the Vikings Panthers. That game was wild. That Did you have Carolina um, was playing really well? I think they went down and scored. And then the Vikings, or no, it was Vikings scored. Then Carolina literally came back down the field and scored right back with like a minute left. And the Vikings had like 30 seconds or something. And then, then, you know, were able to kick a field goal. Yeah. Well, and then that guy, uh, what was his name? Beaver. Chad Beaver already caught the touchdown pass. It was like near the end of the game, 47. Yeah. And he was like the one that muffed the punt earlier. Yep. And then you had a 54-yard field goal with one second left that he ended up missing. So it was a crazy game. Even um, Giants-Bengals ended uh, pretty pretty close. Like Bengals, I think, kicked a field goal. And then um, we were able to get a stop, got the ball back, but then they fumbled and the Giants recovered. So Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was a good week of football besides watching the Eagles, but that's a weekly thing. So, yeah, um, that was kind of my notes of the league. I don't know if there's any other games that we missed that you wanted to talk about. No, I mean, I, I, I brought them up right in the beginning. The Broncos, um, Raiders being strange, uh, Raven Steelers. So, yeah, that, that I don't think there's really much else I wanted to touch on. 
Right. Well, let's get to picks. All right. So uh, we both had good weeks last week. We went uh, 11 and 5, both of us. Oh, look at us. Because we had a couple of games where I picked a winner, you picked a loser, and vice versa. So evened out. Um, I am 124 to 54, and you are 109 to 71. So, what the hell is this? You're 70 games over 500. I'm a monster. What can I say? That pains my ears every time I hear it every week. Fine. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. What's our first game? All right, we got a one o'clock game. Uh, fair amount of one o'clock. Oh, yeah, we don't have a Thursday night game, do we? We don't. Yeah, no Thursday night game. It's the, the Baltimore, yeah. Yeah, so we got uh, New Orleans at Atlanta. Um, Honestly, it looks like Raheem Morris might end up keeping that job in Atlanta as a head coach. I, I kind of like that from. I actually thought because remember when Raheem, Raheem Morris got hired as uh, Tampa Bay head coach and he was like the youngest head coach ever yeah. in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised he never got another chance. I know he did not do a good job with the Bucks, but like, yeah, guy was yeah, still I, young. Like, I like he was to really see him get a shot. I think he's a good coach. Yeah, I think. Listen, if, the Falcons should be happy they fired Dan Quinn in the middle of the season because. If if they put a couple of the wins together like they did last year, I think Dak Quinn probably keeps his job again. So yeah. I'm glad they I'm glad they put their fans out of misery and got rid of him halfway through the season. But uh, I'm going to take the Saints. We already talked to them about enough about them. Yeah, They're I'm really taking good. the Saints too. Uh, next game is Detroit at Chicago. One o'clock game. Chicago. See, remember, <laughs> remember when they were five and well, they were five and one. And I said all they have to do really is win like three more games, and they'll probably have that seventh seed in the NFC. Uh, they might not even make, get another win. Uh, yeah. They've lost, what, six or seven straight, um, and I think they're going to lose another. I think the Lions will rebound, get a win here. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously the Lions fired their uh, their coach and general manager this week, which I was actually given some kind of consideration for the stud list to um, Sheila Hampford, the owner, because let's be honest, the Lions have been rebuilding, I think, for the last 50 years, and their ownership <laughs> has been non-existent, and I wouldn't have been surprised. Patricia should have been fired last year, but I don't think anyone pays attention to the lines from that ownership group. Um, I know she's the daughter of Martha Ford, who recently said they're going to take a step back. So, listen, Detroit, if you have an owner that cares, that's a big win because I can't think, I don't think you've had one for at least a decade or at least as long as I can remember. I don't remember, um, I don't remember the, 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 the dollar amount or the number of people. But after uh, Houston smacked Detroit and then Patricia was fired. Uh, Deshaun Watson's uh, donation uh, is like fundraiser or whatever he has um, received like ta- like thousands of donations from people in Detroit. <laughs> so <laughs> they're like, thanks for destroying our team so we could fire a coach. Here's some hey. donations to your charity. Listen, they should have fired Patricia and uh, what, what's the guy's name? Quinn, the GM? I think yeah, he was, he was fired too. They should have fired him last year. You could have made, you know, he did absolutely nothing to keep his job. But again, I don't think the ownership group of the Lions have been awake or paying attention for years. So, hey, listen, you're getting a new coach, new GM, and you maybe have an owner that cares. So that's something to win about. Um, I agree with you. Matt Nagy will get fired this year, but they haven't fired him yet. I'm going to think the Lions are going to use the excitement of having their coach fired to win a game. So in a game of coaches on hot seats or getting fired, I think the Lions win. Yeah, not to stick too much to these two teams, but. Matt Nagy and uh, was a Ryan Pace, the GM. I think like two years ago, they were in discussion for like coach of the year and GM of the year. And now they're on the verge of getting fired. <laughs> Crazy how the um, NFL changes like that. That's how the NFL goes, right? All right. Next game is Cleveland at Tennessee. This is a, this is a very important game for the Browns. 
if the Browns can beat the Titans and the Browns will cement themselves as a, a good team, you know? Yeah. They've been a couple of bad opponents re- recently, but. Baker looks really bad. From the last two games, I saw him this week uh, against those Jaguars they played. And then that Eagles game, he looked awful. Um, that's something to be concerned about. I think, you know, they're both going to run the ball a ton, uh-huh. like we talked about with Henry. Uh, I just think Tannehill's more capable and able and will do a little bit more than Baker will and the Titans win. I'm going to do the reverse. Um, you got Miles Garrett okay. back. Uh, I think Cleveland's going to run it down the throat. I think Cleveland's defense is a little stronger than Tennessee's right now. Tennessee's got a good – they have good players in place, but uh, Clowney's like – he's out, he's injured. So, I- I'll take the flip. I'll take the Browns. Fair enough. Next game, Cincinnati at Miami, another 1 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cincinnati put up a good fight without Burrow. Um, yeah. But, no, but Dolphins, uh, I think they, they played the Jets last week. Uh, yeah, I think they'll, they'll get another win here. Yeah, I'm taking the Dolphins. I don't really think the Bengals have any interest in winning. I think they'd rather just lose out and get uh, Penny Sewell from Oregon to, be, to protect Burrow's blind side. I forget the – I just saw like a mock – not not a mock draft, but like a mock of – Draft standings. I think the Eagles were at six. I also heard that. Yeah. Which is like they are they could be the sixth pick of the draft or they could be like twenty two or whatever, depending on if they make the playoffs. Like just don't I make see. the playoffs. You just, know what? Just keep losing. <laughs> you're looking you're looking at a top ten pick. I do not want Howie Raisin Rose making that pick. Yeah. But you anyway. missed on a, yeah, go ahead. I, we we digress. You're triggering uh, me. Sorry. There's so much to talk about. We're we're like I think they said we're 70% through the season, so home stretch. Jacksonville at Minnesota. You know, give the Jags credit. They have been – the last, like, what, two, three games, they've – it was, what, Packers, Steelers, Browns. They've been in all those games. Yeah. I think Steelers, like, a little bit towards the end was more of a – Steelers pulled away, but they took all those teams to the fourth quarter. Um, but Minnesota's – Minnesota's good, though. Minnesota like when when they get Cook going, and he's – Minnesota needs this game. Yeah. They, can't, they, they need it. The Jaguars are, are trying to secure their spot for fields uh, in the draft. The Vikings will not lose this game. They need it. Yeah, I think they get Cook going because he's – he had a little bit of an injury, but he, they said he's good to go. So, I'll take Vikings. Me too. And then we got Raiders at the Jets. Perfect game for the Raiders to rebound. I will take the Raiders. After killing them so much, I hate taking them, but you know, right? I, I can't take any, I can't take the Jets. I just, it can't happen. Next, the last one o'clock game, we got the Colts at the Texans. I might have taken the Texans, but now that Wolf Fuller's out for the year, I think I'm going to ride with the Colts in a rebound. Yeah, the, the Colts, I, you know, they're seven and four, still in a good spot for the playoffs. Um, they need to get right game after getting just handled. Um, I think they beat the Texans as well. Next game, we have Rams at the Cardinals. That's the first 4 o'clock game. Uh, two teams that both need to win this. Like These are must-wins for both these teams, I'd say. Yeah, but like I said with the Cardinals, I don't think they're there yet. I still think they're a year away. Uh, so, like, like I said, with some of the mistakes they made, um, and like you mentioned with Kyler not uh, progressing in the passing game, uh, you know, as much – yeah, he's still like, what, 22, 23, so you shouldn't be worried. But they're just not there yet. Um, I'm, I'm going to take the Rams. All right. I was planning on taking whoever you didn't take, so I'll take the Cardinals. 
Hmm. Foolish thinking on your part, but I'll, I'll appreciate it. I think I can afford a couple wild oh, cards. Yeah, I got a, got a strong lead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another four o'clock game. We got the Giants at the Seahawks. Mm. Notice how we're taking a bit of time here to think because the Giants are not a bad team. But uh, that well, hold on, hold on. Just because I pause doesn't mean I think the Giants aren't a bad team. I definitely think the Giants they, are a bad they're team. Not, they're not a good team, but I don't want to say they're they're bad. Like they got some decent pieces. But okay, not a good team without their starting quarterback will not beat the Seahawks. So I agree. Uh, that was my point. They're not going to beat the Seahawks without Who is Danny Dimes. But, Who's their backup? Yeah, Colt McCoy. <laughs> oh, you're right. You know what? I did know that. I knew that. So you're taking Seattle? Yeah. I will also be taking Seattle. Uh, next game, well, I can't wait. At least we get to watch the 1 o'clock games and then warm up to the 425 Eagles at Packers game. Like I said, if, until they win a game, I'm not taking them. I honestly think they're going to lose five in a row. Well, six, because you lost the Giants. I'm actually going to pick the Packers to win because I want the Packers to win. Oh, um, yeah, at this point. What, what? I don't want to sneak in the playoffs and thinking that Howie or Doug are smarter than they actually are. It's twofold. One, it, I would rather get like a potential elite level, like star college player, than take a bad injured team that doesn't make good decisions. That quarterback is not playing to his level into a playoffs when they're not going to beat any team. Like the end goal of the playoffs is the way is to win the Super Bowl. This team is not going to win the Super Bowl. And moral victories in the playoffs mean nothing when your draft pick, it goes from top 10 to top to bottom 20. So don't worry. They're not going to win this game. Yeah. This might be – I said Seattle is going to be really close and Eagles win or Seattle is going to blow us out in a win, but because Seattle won in a close game. But I think the Packers might blow out the Eagles. So Listen, the defense impressed me with Seattle. Um, I could see them being competitive and uh, – you know, forcing the Packers' hand a little bit, you know, yeah. getting in tough spots. I mean, I've been praising the Eagles' defense all year. It's just yeah, Packers have more firepower yeah. than the Eagles can keep up with. So, and when you when your offense goes three and out like four times <laughs> in a row, eventually your defense is going to get tired. So yeah, that doesn't help. Yeah, we're uh, moving on. Next game: Patriots at the Chargers. Boy, well, that's interesting. Say, before we pick here, I will like to mention that um, I picked the Patriots to beat the Cardinals last week. You did. And I was very smart for that. And um, my main reasoning was because I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but Belichick is a like, ridiculous record against quarterbacks under the age of 25. And I figured he was going to pull out some nonsense against Kyler Murray and play against you know, his, his weaknesses. And sorry, Justin Herbert, Bill Belichick just doesn't lose to rookie quarterbacks or young quarterbacks in general, and he's not going to do it to you. So I'm going to take the Patriots. Yeah, I'm also going to take the Patriots. Um... I really wanted to root for Anthony Lynn, but the more and more I see of that team. Anthony that, Lynn, he's a he's bad gonna get, coach. I think he's going to get fired. To, they, I'm telling you, they need to fire him. Because uh, like you said, you're going to get to that tough spot where it's going to be in like that second or third year of your rookie quarterback's development. You're not going to want to fire the good that he knows. Yeah. Fire him now. Bring in someone new. You already know Herbert's a stud. There's going to be a lot of coaching openings this year, I think. I think we have five right now. But we'll see. Five. Maybe three. Uh, I thought I heard Texans, five. Texans, Falcons, Lions. Texans, Falcons, Lions. Hmm. I mean, sure, yeah. I'm, Matt Nagy's a dead man walking. Anthony Lynn, I, I also think Adam Gase is going to get fired for sure. Doug Marone, I expected to get fired as well. 
hell, Doug might get fired. There, I, there's going to be quite a few coaching op- openings this year. Well, creates for more drama on the podcast. Yeah. And, that's, why, that's why you probably keep Doug, because I don't want to be fighting for scraps. I mean, I think if, if worst – I don't know. I think Eric the enemy would would be between the Houston and the Eagles if if Doug was fired, because then then I think Doug would go to Houston if if the enemy came to the Eagles. But I don't know. Anyways, uh, last game of Sunday, Denver at KC. Yeah, Chiefs. I'm like, we were hoping Denver was going to be that young team that kind of surprises, but they've had injuries and they're just. Some of the young players have not performed well. So. Drew Luck has not taken the step. And I got to say, of all the rookie first-round wide receivers, well, Rager's been pretty disappointing. But Jerry Judy's probably been the worst out of all of them. He hasn't? Yeah, he's been kind of quiet. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not nothing really against him. You're just talking about Justin Jefferson. Ruggs has been pretty solid. C.D. Lamb's been great. And um, even Ayuk has been pretty solid. I know he's been injured and the team's been injured. But uh, uh, you definitely expected more from Judy. And you're not getting it. D. Higgins, too, has having a decent year. First round. First round waters. Uh, well, yeah. I was talking about rookies. But uh, yeah. now and then, then it gets interesting. So we have two Monday night games and a Tuesday night game. So really? first we have, yeah, we have Washington at Pittsburgh at 5 o'clock on Monday. Um, this could be I wanna, an upset. I, yeah. I know. I kind of smell it. I kind of well, do, what? too. Listen, I'm I'm down by a bazillion to you, so I got to start winning some. So I will take the football team. I kind of want to take them too. Well, fine. You go ahead and take the football team. I'll take the Steelers. <laughs> uh, all right. That's all right. Let's do it. Like, I'll take Washington. You can take. They're not. I I don't think they're going to go undefeated, so they're going to lose eventually. Fair enough. Um. And next game is Buffalo at San Francisco. That's standard eight o'clock Monday night football. Uh, I think the Bills just keep keep rolling. Yeah. I know you talked up the Niners as like a uh, playoff did. spot, but I don't see that. It's yet, a tough so. week for them. The Bills are not a are not a pushover. Um, and I also don't think the Bills will will you know the Niners beating the Rams. I think that puts the Bills a little bit more on notice. You know, yeah. You, you, you know, so. Uh, I'll take the Bills. You know, the Niners, I, I do expect to push for that post spot. I, I, the Vikings and the Niners are the two teams I want, I'd keep my eye on for that wild card spot. Yeah, we'll have to reevaluate it next week and see. Uh, I would say probably like week f- – I mean, this is, this is week 12. No, this is week 13. So, yeah, this is when you'll start to look at the playoffs, um, you know, who's going to be in the bubble and all that. So, uh, so you're taking Bills – yeah, give me those. All right. And then Tuesday, Dallas at Baltimore. This could this could be another trap game for the Ravens. Uh I could I would not be surprised if the Cowboys won, but I think the Ravens def- desperately need the win. So I'll take uh the Ravens. Yeah, I, like I said when we were talking about duds, uh the Cowboys are the worst rushing defense in the NFL. Luckily Lamar doesn't really know how to throw the ball very well, but he does know how to run. So I'm I'm taking the Ravens. And then we have Tampa Bay and Caroline on a bye. I don't think I've ever seen a week 13 bye. Must be because of the uh, COVID or something, but. Here we are. Here we are. All right, well, that's a wrap on week 13's upcoming games. Uh, any final thoughts? Um, 
Not much. Um, you know, my attention just the rest of the year is just going to be evaluating the Eagles as of who do I want to keep and who do I want to go. I hope they put more young guys out there. And as of right now, I'm hoping Howie gets fired and you keep Doug. But they see there's plenty of time left for Doug to change my mind. So, yeah, like it. For all the Eagles fans out there, yes, Doug has had a bad season, but just look at the team, though. Look at look at team. what he's been given. Look at what else is out. Like you, you bring in a different coach. You're taking a gamble that he's he might make Wentz even worse. You know, you don't we don't know. And this team is poorly constructed. Like it needs to be. You're gonna see. I think this is gonna be a big off season. I think. We could possibly see Cox, Brandon Graham, maybe Brandon Brooks all leaving, getting cut or traded. Zach Ertz might have played his last Eagles snap this year. Well, you're $65 million of the cap for a three-win team. So, yeah, that tends yeah, to Yeah, I mean, Ertz is, Ertz is playing this Sunday. I just mean he might – this might be his last season. But uh, – No, yeah, no, I know what you mean. But, yeah, listen, no one's off the table. I mean yeah. – Even Wentz just, could be traded. Who knows? The mess. The thing, and my last thought on this, because I know Doug got a lot of heat, and man, between that, the challenge and the two fourth down conversions, I, I'm really mad <laughs> at him too. But the twofold thing is, I think that Howie is putting a lot of pressure on Doug because he knows that both their jobs are in trouble, and Howie's probably trying to save his own ass. So he's like, you know, look, put Jeffrey out there so he catches a couple balls. So it looks me, makes me look better. Or keep playing Peters so maybe he can eventually look a little bit better and make me look better. But also, we talked about the coaching fires. I realistically think that Houston with Deshaun Watson, the the Jets assuming they get Trevor Lawrence, and the Jaguars assuming they get Justin Fields, along with the Chargers, who I think should fire Anthony Lynn, I don't know if they will, with Justin Herbert, are much better destinations as a head coach than what the Eagles are. You can make an argument that the Eagles are are probably better than the train wreck that is the Detroit Lions or the Chicago Bears, who I expect to fire Nagy. You could even say about the Falcons, but I think the Falcons still have a lot of good players there. They just need a new voice, and I think Raheem Morris is doing a good job, so he probably keeps that job. I just – there's going to be a lot of good openings with young quarterbacks and a few, like, proven quarterbacks. I don't know if you're, if there's going to be a really great candidate that is going to want to take this Eagles job. Um, and more importantly, they're not going to want to do it if Howie's still here because you, you don't want this guy who's inept at building a roster telling you to start this guy or start this guy so I don't look like a moron for signing him. Yeah, and you know what? Now that I think about it, um, I think kind of under the radar thing is that Doug's whole coaching principle is kind of based on this, like, family aspect where all the players are, like, you know, part of the team. All the players are in a part of court. Like, that's how he's, every year he's able to, like, rally the squad, you know, and get those late playoff pushes. But I think COVID is really, like, because practice is pretty limited and, like, a lot of meetings are virtual. Uh, so, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying this is his excuse, but I'm just saying it's, it definitely could be a reason for why the team kind of plays like they don't really care at times. But, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Uh, you know. I don't know how it's going to be next week when we talk about the, the Eagles. If they somehow win, like we'll be, still be upset. <laughs> so there's no, there's, it's like a win. It's like a lose, lose every week. I'm not really worried about that. I don't think we will have any issues about that. Looking forward to a loss. What a world. Yeah, it's great. So. <sighs> All right. Good talk. Right. It's been great. I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you later. See ya. Peace out.